and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, coming to you from IRI's corporate headquarters in Chicago. Hello, and welcome to IRI Growth Insights. During our last podcast episode featuring NPD colleagues Joe Derachowski and Ben Arnold, Ben mentioned that he and Paul Gagnon, another NPD colleague, would be presenting at the Consumer Electronics Show. For those unable to attend, I've invited Ben and Paul back to share some of their insights from their presentation. So first, let me introduce, reintroduce Ben Arnold, um, who is a consumer technology industry analyst with NPD. I really enjoy Ben's enthusiasm for consumer habits and usage in the tech space. And I'd like to introduce Paul Gagnon, NPD's consumer technology industry advisor. Paul has been entrenched in the tech industry for 25 years with a special focus on display technologies, as well as the intersectionality of consumer electronics technology, devices, and applications. So welcome to you both. Thanks, Joan. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So before we jump into the highlights of your presentation, I have a question for you, Paul. So while we were recording the last podcast with Ben and Joe, you were in Taiwan. And as a destination, that is screaming technology and advanced manufacturing. So can you tell us a little bit about your trip? Yeah, it was really good to be back in Taiwan. It's been, for me, five years since I last was able to visit. And we had a jam-packed week of meeting with companies that span the gamut from key component manufacturers, semiconductor companies, to companies that make uh, finished products, OEMs, brands, just a huge range of companies. And, you know, for me, it was, it was a, a, it was a good chance to meet up with people in person since the pandemic began, of course, you know, uh, Taiwan just recently relaxed some of their restrictions. So, you know, we really wanted to take advantage of that opportunity, but it was also, you know, good to get a sense of where their thinking lies right now as we kind of pivot from, you know, really great growth, you know, kind of a rising tide lifts all ships market the past few years with its, you know, with various challenges, especially supply chain challenges um, into kind of a more normal, but still challenging in different ways, market environment. And it was interesting to hear how so many of the companies we're really as perplexed as we are about, you know, mixed signals uh, from the consumer. They're spending well, but they're borrowing more. They're, you know, they, they seem to be willing to travel and spend lots of money on plane tickets, but not so much money on notebook computers and, you know, lots of mixed signals. So we were over there to kind of try to help them understand a little bit about what's coming up and, you know, what they might want to be thinking about next year and, and beyond. So kind of a nice exchange, like a, an industry exchange of thoughts and ideas. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we, you know, many of these companies are our customers and they've been, you know, learning from us for years. But 
you know, it's always good to kind of sit down in a room face to face and have these discussions a bit more organically. We can learn from each other. And that's a, exactly what happened. Excellent. Well, and, and your timing was pretty impressive too, coming right before CES. So maybe you'll even have an opportunity to reconnect um, quickly with some of those folks, right? I, I sure hope so. That's great. So let's dig in a little bit more um, to your presentation, which was titled Seven Ways the Consumer Electronics Consumer Has Changed. So, Paul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with you here for a minute. What was it that you really wanted attendees to take away from your session? I think more than anything, I wanted attendees to understand that technology buyers are not a homogenous group, nor are they static, right? Preferences change. Um, sometimes they can change quite quickly. Sometimes they can change quite frequently. But as we go from kind of a very, you know, worst of times and best of times period during the pandemic, where yes, we're all locked down at home. A lot of our spending options are limited and people did a ton of investing in home technologies, upgrading their entertainment, their their working solutions. Um, as we kind of pivot from that into what's going to be a bit more of a challenging year in 2023, lots of predictions about recessions and layoffs and you know other economic headwinds, continuing inflation, you know, it's going to be more important than ever that companies start paying close attention to the details. They start uncovering some of these motivations that buyers have, uncovering some of the unique market segments that are available to brands, whether that's an existing market segment for a company or a prospective one or a new one or emerging one or one they didn't even think about. Um, there's, there's a lot to pay attention to. And I think that it's going to behoove everybody in the industry to start to understand those nuances a bit more carefully. So I really hope that's what people took away from this. Excellent. And Ben, how about you? What, was, what were you hoping people would um, appreciate about your presentation? Well, I think that one of the most important things that we've observed is that technology it's a little more important, I think, to consumers, the household today than maybe it was in 2019. And you think about uh, what we're seeing in terms of sales, right? The run on of notebook computers during a time when people had to work and learn from home. Uh, later on, when you know we were all kind of locked in our houses, uh, higher sales of TV, streaming devices, streaming subscriptions. To me, this demonstrated the the importance that technology plays in people's lives, right? That when um, there are adverse conditions, that we can remain productive and entertained um, through technology. And I think that that's, I think one of the sort of cornerstone insights that we had going into this presentation was that consumer technology occupies a, a different space in the household budget than it did before. Uh, God forbid there's a, another lockdown or, you know, something causes kids to have to start doing school from home again. You have a lot of these solutions in place. And 
even on top of the hardware, right, there are applications, Google Meet, uh, Zoom, all of these ways that we can stay connected while we're at home. And I think in, in its totality, what this experience has taught me is that technology is important. It's not just about gadgets, right? It's about our lives. It's about health. It's about convenience and productivity. And all of these things kind of came to a head uh, over those couple of years. And I think that it has changed consumers to a certain extent for the long run. And that was really the, the thesis of our talk. So this is interesting. I'm hearing a couple different things from both of you, you know, maybe even starting with Paul's visit to Taiwan and learning, you know, hearing from industry partners, what they're experiencing. And now, Ben, you're talking about the consumer. Both of you also mentioned that during the pandemic, sales of things like, you know, um, MacBooks or, you know, tablets and stuff was really high. And that 2023 is going to be kind of a tough year because we won't be buying as much. And that makes sense to me. I mean, that's a very large expenditure, even if it is a bigger part of my budget. So, Ben, maybe it's some of the nuances that you were talking about where technology can take that existing hardware, if you will, but enable it to be more responsive for convenience or productivity or health. So can you kind of give us a little bit more there? Well, I I think the you know what I mentioned about applications I think is is really important that we had devices that we invested in devices, but you know what what helped us stay connected, what helped us stay productive, were you know these ways to connect remotely, right? The Zoom and Teams and all WebEx, all these applications to me took on a, a, a little more importance, right? It's not just about the sort of casual status meeting where we're connecting business through these applications and I'm not in an office and I'm, you know, still fully productive as I was before, um, you know, I started working from home full time. And so I, you know, I think that's, that's just one piece of it, right? Um, think about on the entertainment side and, and I know Paul is all over the trends in TV sales. And so 2020, of course, we saw higher um, sales of TVs, but also we can kind of think back and uh, people were very into their their streaming subscriptions. Uh, we got a little more back into our, you know, binging TVs and TV shows and films. And again, I think that that was a product of our situation. But again, uh, uh, in an area where an application, a streaming service is adding value back onto that TV, right? It's not just about the hardware. It's about what you're doing with the hardware. Um, one thing that I, I wanted to point out is even as we have a, a forecast, which it, for 2023, which is going to be, which is lower than 2022, um, our kind of long-term forecast through 2025 still says that sales are going to be uh, about 10% above the pre-pandemic time, right? Above 2019. So consumers are spending more on technology. We've, I think, been able to carve out uh, part of the household budget and devote that to technology, right? Even as prices on everything go up, uh, we expect consumers will you know, continue to pay higher prices for technology because it's important. And it's not as if 
sales are going to drop off a cliff in 2023 and 2024. Um, even though, again, we expect a, a little bit of plateauing, a little bit of sales coming back to earth. Um, we're not expecting things to go back to you know 2019 levels. Sales will still be about 10 to 12 billion higher than what we saw in 2019. And to me, all of those factors say that technology is important. Consumers are continuing to spend on technology. Um, and even, again, even as we expect some sort of settling of sales, that it's carved out this piece of the, the, the wallet. And for the, you know, the near term, as we look out at our forecast, it's, it's going to remain pretty steady. So, so that's a, a very strong, you know, a very strong story in favor of technology. Yeah. So I want to just clarify, too, because if I'm hearing you, you're saying that even though we're spending 10 percent more on technology than we were pre-pandemic, what you're really saying is that consumers are committed to increasing their overall budget, like a, a percentage of their overall budget to technology because it's that important. And it, like inflation, as you said, does have prices higher. but I'm just that much more committed to making sure that technology is a bigger part of my life. Is that, did I hear that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We've we've added TVs to extra rooms in the household. We've uh, given family members their own PCs over this time. Um, Maybe some of that settles, but I think for the long term, right, that this is the model that you have that TV in that extra room, that that member of the household, my, my daughter has a PC now. Um, I think that that's that's how, you know, we will sort of trend going forward. Remember when we all shared the desktop in the living room? <laughs> Who does that anymore? Don't yeah. remind me. Don't remind me. It's, it's just for gaming now. We all have to fight over the gaming PC. But <laughs> So, um, Paul, tell me, like, how do you feel? Because you've really been talking a lot about your your partner, the companies who you um, work with, your clients. Have, what kind of advice are you giving them in terms of how to respond to some of these headwinds and the changing consumer engagement? Well, you know, to kind of build on what what Ben was saying, you know, something that I was sharing last week um, or a few weeks ago when I was meeting with the clients in Taiwan was, you know, this extra device spending, you know, isn't in a vacuum right? These are, these are new products that people have added to their household and every product has a, you know, an upgrade cycle, right? They, they get replaced at some regular cadence and that can be as short as maybe two or three years. It's not like toothpaste that you buy every other week, right? It's, it's like two or three years or as much as 10 years. So the better that you can understand what that cycle is, and what motivates people to engage in that upgrade cycle, then you've got this much larger install base of, of technology products that people have, have bought for their home or, or work or, or other cir- circumstances. And, you know, that's not going to forever be unreplaced. It will get upgraded at some point. So the more that you can do now to understand what motivates people to do, to make that upgrade, trigger that purchase, and then find out how they're learning about what the technologies are, the the products that are available to um, consider when they make that choice. That that's 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 something important too, and that's one of the things that I think is going to be 
you know, particularly interesting is understanding how consumers have changed the shopping process, right? Um, I would say over the last three years, one of the biggest, you know, revelations has been, you know, changes in how they purchase products, more online shopping, you know, omni-channel shopping went through a forced revolution during the pandemic as retailers had to adapt to sell products to consumers where they were. Um, and, you know, greater reliance on things like social media to drive decision-making, whether that's doing, you know, initial research, more in-depth research, understanding, you know, reviews from users who have used those products before, in some cases, making direct purchases on those social media platforms. Um, but we've also seen growth in direct-to-consumer where, you know, manufacturers who are selling products, you know, without a middleman <laughs> retailer, right, as, as a retailer themselves, um, has seen more growth in the last few years than online shopping in general. And it also offers the opportunity for better margins, more upselling. You can control how consumers learn about your products. So there's all kinds of ways that shopping has changed, not just in the types of products. In fact, actually, I think in some ways, maybe there's been a little bit less innovation <laughs> in products as companies started just trying to manage their supply chains and get product available and you know, um, maybe postpone some new product development or new technology development, that's going to become so much more critical in the next two to three years. And so part of the way that, that brands and companies and tech, even technology providers, right? I was talking to component makers in Taiwan and, and trying to help them understand that if they know how the end consumer uses their particular technology or product or what motivates it, what, what triggered their purchase? How much more were they willing to spend on that particular technology? And they can do a better job in the next two to three years to market that, to help work with the manufacturers that incorporate those technologies, um, to do a better job of explaining it. And then, you know, at the end of the day, capturing more value, right? When the consumer spends money on that product. So there's lots of ways that consumers are, are changing and even how they're buying products and how companies, you know, reach that consumer beyond just the, the shelf tag at a, at a retailer. Yeah. And I love the, um, the synergy with some of the things that Ben was talking about, about the different things that um, kind of go through those technologies, you know, the streaming services, the gaming, the entertainment. So Ben, any insight there on, you know, how that might be changing or, do you see the same kind of um, investment in marketing through different channels for those products? Well, you know, certainly I think the, the move towards more digital or connected shopping has you know, certainly driven some more investment in, in marketing and messaging and, and, you know, digital platforms. And I think that, you know, continues to be a very important way to reach today's technology consumer, um, you know. But as I think about again how how consumers approach and sort of regard technology, I mean, we're here at CES, and one of the kind of unofficial, I would say, taglines from from a lot of the larger technology companies at CES has been "technology for a better life," um, and and it's some variation of that. You. Look at a lot of these exhibitors, uh, many of them which are showing, you know, TVs and, you know, audio products and classic consumer electronics products, but also appliances, washer dryers, uh, refrigerators. Um, to me, that says that, you know, the, the technology is kind of going beyond the kind of 
gadget persona um, and that appliances in our home can be connected and there can be value associated with, with those features. I think we're still trying to find that value in a lot of connected appliances. But as I, again, look at things like refrigerators and laundry, uh, energy savings with smart thermostats, security with, with home automation products, um, I can absolutely feel, um, I think it's the maybe the tone around technology and how it's marketed changing, right? It's not just about watching movies and doing things on your computer and listening to music. Um, it's about how your entire house operates. And the end of that is so that you can live a, a healthier life, that you can be, you know, there's more convenience. I've got uh, smart lighting that I can, you know, program on and off with an app. Um, you know, I've got a smart thermostat that I can, you know, teach when I want it to turn up the temperature and when I want it to lower the temperature. Um, I, you know, again, even as we talk about this place that technology holds and the importance of being productive and the importance of, you know, staying entertained, there's this whole other piece that's happening in the technology space, which is around kind of our everyday living. And I think that's one of the, the most interesting things that we that we continue to see at CES that we've seen at this CES um, is just the, um, you know, the, the attention paid to some of these other benefits that that technology holds for consumers. And again, I think that 2020 and 2021 has put a lot of those things into focus, right? Things like air purifiers and uh, robot vacuums to keep the house clean. Um, you know, these are these are technology products, and there will be a lot of attention. There is a lot of attention paid to them uh, at CES, and just you know, myself as somebody that has gone to the show twenty or more times, uh, that's one very stark change that I've seen over the last couple of years. And it, I mean, right in line with our situation in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, right? Technology is there to help us. It's there to keep us healthy, convenient life. Um, and it's something, again, kind of beyond the, the gadget view uh, that we often talk about. Love that. So, Paul, any closing thoughts for you? Yeah, like like Ben said, and, you know, what I'm what I'm particularly interested in is understanding how manufacturers of products build, you know, ecosystems that make just everyday living easier, better, frankly, more efficient, right? I, I, I'm super excited to go to CES and see things like, you know, home, home automation, smart home products that help people save money on their electric bill, help people save money on their heating bill. Or, especially now, right? Right. Especially now, right? Or, <laughs> yeah. or water usage, right? I live in California and, you know, water usage is an, is a perennial <laughs> you know, challenge. And, and so there are things like, you know, leak detection systems um, for smart home or, you know, monitoring how much water the sprinklers are using smart home, uh, you know, uh, uh, sprinkler controllers that can detect a leak, um, you know, whether or not you're using the most efficient um, wash cycle on, on your, on your laundry machine or your dishwasher. There's all kinds of things like this that I think companies have, have, Kind of thought of the interesting little gadgety kind of things like ding your water your, your dryer's you know done or your oven's preheated you know those are those are those are cute and interesting but i really am looking for 
the things that actually save people money. Give somebody a reason to make an investment in one of these technologies because the payoff is a net positive ROI if you're thinking of it as like a business, right? If you're a consumer, I'm going to spend $100 on a smart home gadget that maybe saves me $1,000 in wasted water over the course of a year. Right. Right? That's, a good, that's a good purchase. That's an easy sale. And, and I think for manufacturers who make all these different connected products, they've kind of underappreciated that aspect. And I think, you know, especially in the smart home space, the release of, you know, matter as a kind of common communication protocol for smart home products and other, you know, kind of ease of use um, things will make it easier for this, this sales pitch, so to speak, to be able to be um, successful. Um, that's what I'm really most excited to learn about at CES. Well, and in fact, um, before I wrap up, I do want to say that I know we're going to follow up this episode with one where you two provide highlights from CES, which really, that will be pretty dynamic. But Paul, I just want to say, you know, you think that the um, dryer beeper or the oven indicator is a cute little thing, but buddy, those were big deals back in the day. So um, it has to start somewhere, right? That's that uh, shows agreed. me how far you've been tracking this stuff. I still get the notification on my smartwatch that the dryer finished the cycle, so I can get the shirts out before. <laughs> it's it's a neat little thing, but it's useful, right? It's and maybe there, not. There's as, more of that to be found. Yeah, maybe not as sexy as saving thousands of dollars to be more more green, but um, but I'm all in. So let <laughs> me just recap a couple of the things that I heard you both say, and that is that. Um, you know, technology for the manufacturer is um, understanding that buyers are not a homogenous group. Um, they're not static and they have changes, behavior changes, need changes. And if anything showed us that, it was what happened during the pandemic. So it's really, it behooves these companies to really understand who the consumers are, what their nuances are. And then, as you kind of mentioned a little later, what is motivating them to make a purchase? Um, ben, you really even said, like, technology is so much more important to households today than it was pre-pandemic. Um, and maybe it was that we got those the run on the notebook computers and we have more entertainment at home, more work at home. Um, but that people, even outside of those things, just the everyday functioning, we understand the the important role that technology plays in our lives. So I loved how you both kind of came at it from both the manufacturer lens and the consumer lens. Um, and I like, Ben, the way you kind of really succinctly said, like, technology is, it enables convenience in our lives, it enables productivity in our lives, and it promotes health in our lives. So to me, those are things that I would like to see manufacturers really focus on. Um, we, you also, um, Paul, really talked about how, um, you know, the spending that will increase um, is is a little bit different. And this is where those nuances of those consumers comes in and understanding what you should be thinking of two to three years down the line um, and where where consumers are going to shop, how they're going to shop, and what they're going to be trying to solve for. Um, and I think that we'll be looking to your next episode to learn how technology for a better life really kind of popped for you at CES. So with that, I want to thank you both for your time, and I'll look forward to the next CES conversation. It was great, Joan. I was glad to be on this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.